0: Welcome to the Out of Limits of Inner Truth Radio Show, LimitsRadio.com. I'm your host, Ryan. We got a tremendous response this past week to Dr. Ron Paul interview, so thank you so much for your kind uh, notes and thoughts and even phone calls, uh, completely blown away by it. And I wanted to address real quick that, yes, we will be talking about death once again pretty soon. People are asking, "What are you going to talk about death again? Well, our, first off, our show is not about death. It's about talking to. <laughs> interesting leaders and teachers learning whatever we can about them and yes we go into metaphysics and yes death does not apparently come up but now after this week we know that uh, death apparently is a hot topic of discussion so on a positive note <laughs> our featured guest tonight is a great friend he's a great teacher he's somebody who's got this mindset heart of altruism really wants to help other people and he's got this vision where in throughout his vision, he constantly is able to help other people. And I think it's a great blueprint that we can all kind of learn something from. So let us begin tonight's program. Joining us now is Mr. Stephen David Elliott, a successful
1: entrepreneur. This gentleman has worked with several different businesses. He's also the chief visionary officer of a fantastic new company called Rockstar Connect. You learn more about Mr. David Elliott by going to his website at rockstarconnect.com. Mr. David Elliott. Pleasure to have you on the show. Thank you for being with us today, sir.
2: Hey, uh, thank you very much. It's my
1: pleasure to be here. Okay, thank you. You've worked with a lot of different businesses, been very successful. What would you say would be maybe some of the three things that you define as successful qualities that individuals have? What do you need to have in order to be successful? Not just to you know kind of trick it through the nine-to-five workday, but you know, to have that wealth and to have an abundance of success.
2: Well, I, I feel that, uh, first of all, uh, you need to be able to determine what your why is. Uh, you need to know what motivates you. Is it money? Is it helping other people? Is it having an impact on your community? Is it building something new? Is it some of these things? Or is it all of these things? Once you're able to determine what your why is, you're able to move on. Uh, to uh, achieving your goals, and
1: as far as the why goes, do you find that insecurity could actually be a very positive aspect of motivation? Do you find that people who are... well, I
2: mean, go ahead. I'm sorry, I jumped. No, I'm just saying there.
1: that um, you find that if, if you're in, if you have special insecurity, is that is that more of a motivating factor than if you don't have it? I mean, do you think that uh, that could actually be a great thing to have as part of your? Uh, well, life?
2: I. I... If, I, if I'm listening to you carefully and I'm understanding you, when you're saying insecurity, you mean emotional security or do you mean financial security? What are, what are oh, you well, getting, I'm ta- I'm what talking Oh, I'm talking about suggest?
1: insecurity where it's a situation is that you grew up, maybe you didn't have high self-esteem or you maybe, you know, you had something to prove or you felt you needed something to prove to yourself and you, you never felt really secure in yourself. And in order to, let's say, fill that void – you put a lot of effort and time to be over-successful rather than a conventional person. Because maybe a conventional person would, would be content with a certain amount of success. So I was wondering if insecurity could actually be an asset or a greater asset to somebody who's thriving to be successful.
2: I don't, I don't know whether it's an asset, but I think that it's certainly uh, a part of the makeup of some people that have become very successful. Uh, I almost think of uh, you know uh, of a timid a uh, dog or a timid puppy that's being poked, and then all of a sudden it becomes ferocious because of that. So uh, that lack of, uh, that lack of uh, security and confidence actually may be a motivator. And perhaps for some people, uh, they see that as something that's lacking in their makeup and in their personality and they want to get over their insecurity by utilizing, you know, exercise, uh, innovation, education to overcome that insecurity. Uh, I certainly think that someone that's insecure could, could succeed. But they have to take those important steps.
1: And when a person is insecure or has confident concerns – How does that generally play out in business? Do you find that that could actually be off-putting in a lot of different ways? Is that something that your person would would need to work on? And the reason why I'm asking is because I'm asking, what is a a good persona or personality to have in business in order to maximize your chances of success?
2: I I would say that uh, being insecure would be a turnoff for most people that want to do business with you. They prefer someone uh, that is secure and that is confident. Also, someone who, uh, yeah. when their mouth writes checks, their ass can cash it. People that are able to do what they say they're going to do. Uh, frequently, and if I get a little bit off track here, just rein me back in, <laughs> I feel that uh, people believe that they want to do something, and some people, they over-prepare for it, They depend too much on other people to tell them how it's done. And that gets in the way of them discovering on their own a new way to do something. And doing new things is what people are looking for when you're creating a company or a concept or an idea that you want to bring to the public that will be successful. Uh, Of course, you can do what everybody else is doing. But that's going to most likely limit your success unless you're able to do it much better.
1: Why? What have you done differently than you think most people have in business? Well, what have, why have your companies been successful? Uh, is there any methodology uh, to how you do things? Well,
2: I would say that the one of the biggest reasons my companies are so successful is myself. I, I am not much for coaching, although... I do uh, like masterminding with with other like-minded individuals, and I do like coaching other people, and I do feel that by teaching other people, you learn. But in in my case, the fact that I am uh, largely uncoachable, untrainable, unhireable, and incorrigible, (laughs) it it forces me to innovate. It makes me learn how to do things on their own. My concept of, of the way something should be done is very different. And the market rewards difference. Uh, I'll use the cliche out-of-box thinking. Uh, the, the market likes out-of-box thinking as well as uh, investors like that. Uh, your customers will like that. And and uh, not only that, your, your friends in your community like originality. And that's what's going to bring you to the front of the pack.
1: And uh, you said you're uncoachable. Untrainable. So if you have all those qualities going for you, how do you evolve and grow your perception? What are some of the things that you've done in order to become more adaptable to the marketplace and also uh, more open-minded to business ideas that could definitely be a deviation from the conventional norm?
2: Well, I would say that, that, I guess looking at those things that I stated to you, I do go back to the norm. There's certain core principles that I believe that the truly successful people that will have long-term success share. And one of those things is a good moral compass that you don't take shortcuts just to get the almighty buck. Uh, also, you should be an altruistic and generous person that gives to other people. And when you do that, uh, you will be rewarded with abundance and also their assistance in any endeavor that you're trying, uh, to achieve. Uh, also, uh, it's important to have a great work ethic and realize it, uh, and I just was at a conference this week and they were discussing this. Uh, not only do you have to work smarter, you have to work harder. People say don't, don't work hard, work smart you also need to work hard in order to achieve something. And that's part of the, you know, the American Puritan work ethic. We know that if we work hard and do good things, we'll be rewarded for it. Does that make sense?
1: It does make sense. But also in addition to working hard, you find that there are people that should be working smarter that I find that there are certain people that we call work martyrs. At one point, I used to be one of these people. I would work for three days in a row, and you know, people would say, "Oh, you're working really hard." I'm like, "Yeah, I'm working really hard," but at the same time, I wasn't really putting the actions in that were benefit, that were getting the results that would increase uh, my financial position or would increase my, you know, my career. So, is there a way to work smarter as opposed to just generally working harder? I mean, do you find that working hard combined with working smarter is the key instead of just working harder and becoming a martyr of work?
2: Well, I think it, it's essential that you, you work, uh, you know, harder and smarter. But I would say that I, I, in your case, you know, you're refining your business practices. In many people's cases, these so-called work martyrs, if I was really to look at what they were doing, are they really truly working that hard, or are they deceiving themselves? Is it a deception? Uh, when you do truly work harder and you refine your systems and you work more efficiently, that's where working smarter comes in. I mean, I very much believe that a business person, an entrepreneur, what they have the, the commodity that they have the least amount of this time, uh, what, a, what you need to do is establish what is your hourly rate? What does an hour cost uh, of your time? And then if there's someone out there that can do that for you, that task, for less than what your hourly rate is, you should hire that person to do it. That's a good example of working uh, smarter. Uh, if there's a task that you do that you do not enjoy doing, that does not add to the quality of your life, you should hire someone else to do that. Uh, it's always a matter of, of buying back your time. And uh, studies have recently shown that, that, that you can buy happiness by eliminating uh, tasks that do not provide you with happiness. So getting someone to clean your home or an assistant to help you uh, monitor your time, your calendar, make phone calls for you. These are things where you can work smarter, but I don't think that necessarily means you're going to work less. You're just going to apply yourself uh, to tasks that are more appropriate to your skill level and also require higher-level thinking.
1: Right, so when you say working smarter, correct me if i wrong, but it seems that it's about efficiency. It is about being able to provide uh, service or provide X amount of work within a shorter amount of hours or maybe take less effort and get a greater return on your investment of time. Is that um, a summary, a correct? Assessment? Yes,
2: that, that's a that's part partial summary. Uh, also, working smarter is if you're doing something over and over again and it's not producing the result. That, that you require or that you expect, you need to change your tactics. You need to look at your systems and find another way to, to achieve your goal. Uh, oftentimes when you start a company uh, and you have a certain vision, uh, you have an idea of how you're going to get there. And when you attempt to do that, it may not work. Uh, so you need to find a new tactic. So it's not a matter of, uh, you know, just trying. You actually have to do. You just you just can't give up. So that would be another example of working smarter, finding new tactics. Uh, another way to work smarter would be to find uh, people that can be allies in your business, that can assist you in your business, uh, give you advice, take off some of the workload, and you reciprocate by doing things for them, whether it be helping them in their business or paying them a fee. That's an example of uh, working smarter. Another way of working smarter uh, would be to relinquish some control. Uh, you have to take a good look at what you're trying to do with your company and see who in your company has the ability uh, to take on that responsibility and do it well. If you don't have someone in your ecosystem who can do that, then you need to reach out and find someone uh, to, to fulfill that task. That's where networking becomes very important. You should always be increasing your sphere of influence and your network so that when you need a certain uh, person with a, that has a certain skill set, you can either go to your sphere and find that person or you can ask someone in your circle – uh, to find that person for you. It's very powerful that way.
1: And a lot of people have children. And, Stephen, I'm wondering if you are a parent and a very good parent, you take care of your kids, you're able to, to take on a lot of responsibility, are you naturally hardwired to be a successful entrepreneur? Because I would imagine that when you have employees, it's a tremendous amount of responsibility. You're always going to be encouraging, but it'll never be as intense as having a child. So I was wondering, from your perspective, do you agree with that, and if there are things that you can take away from raising children that can be direct skills translated into becoming a successful entrepreneur.
2: Well, yes, absolutely. I think a lot of people fall into the trap with their children that they want to be friends with their children. That's their primary goal. I want my children to see me as a friend. Well, it's nice. That's something that feels good, but you're doing no favor for your child by only being their friend. You also have to be their educator or their disciplinarian, uh, set limits for them, set goals, give them the tools necessary for them to thrive. Those all come before being their friend. And uh, that friendship may not occur until much later in life. It's like you, 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 you love your children, but you don't always like them. Now let's apply the same, the same, same thing to employee. Many, many employers, and uh, I've done this in the past, I'm sure you have as a business owner, uh, you befriend your employee a little too soon. And because of that, you're not able to, uh, let them have maximum growth. You're stifling their ability to be a good employee. And once they're a good employee and they can contribute uh, to the company in, in, in a, a way that's successful, they're going to be able to have that growth. Now, much like children, keep in mind, once you make all that investment and time in your employee, that employee may eventually leave you. They've outgrown you, they need to spread their wings. But then again, when they leave you, uh, you've accomplished something and you're because you know they've reached that level, and you're ready for the next employee to mentor them and groom them for that position. And if you keep a good uh, – at that point, you yes, you have established a friendship with them, but that is not the number one priority. It's, it's developing your, your employees and giving them the tools, and the same thing with your children.
1: What do you think is the difference between entrepreneurs who – Take it. What is the difference between opportunities who are very successful and ones that are very successful? Right? There are ones that, that start million dollar companies, that are ones that start billion, billion dollar companies. What is the mindset of a person on those two different frequencies?
2: Well, I think that we that goes back to what I discussed at the very beginning of this radio show. It's a question of their their why, and also you know you're determining success there by money. Uh, so in the case of someone that's probably making billions of dollars, they probably had a, a very strong uh, money motivation. Uh, if they did not have that money motivation, they certainly had people around them that did, uh, partners in their company, uh, investors that helped them to get to that level. Uh, success, for me, isn't necessarily the person that's making billions or millions. It's the person that potentially owns their own business and they're able to have their own freedom and independence. They're able to meet their financial responsibilities and they have a level of comfort that they enjoy. So uh, success, what is the definition of success? Uh, it's, it's a fairly loose definition, wouldn't
1: you agree? Yeah, I agree. I think it's success is all things to all people, but I want to ask you, what is your why? What motivates you to succeed, and has your motivation for success changed or fluctuated over the course of your career?
2: I I am the same way I was when I was a child. I was a very empathetic child. Empathy is my driver. I feel for other people, and I want to help other people. Every business that I've ever created or job that I've ever held, I've worked for myself for 29 years now, uh, has at its core been making an impact on my community, both uh, locally and and nationally. My why is I want to help people. But what I have found is when I do help people and I'm successful at that, I'm also, uh, you know, rewarded with material things. But my number one motivation is, is more towards the spiritual side, where I want other people to achieve what they want to achieve, and I want to help them do so within my abilities. You know, I'm one person. But when you establish a company and you grow it larger and larger, you're not only helping your customers, you're helping your employees, you're helping your employees' families and their extended friends. That would be my why. And, of course, the the money and success follows.
1: When you say spiritual, is this part of your religion? Is this part of your belief patterns? Do you believe that by expanding a company that you are actually helping your own evolution, or putting you in greater alignment to a um, you know an end where when you you pass you go to a you know great place?
2: Well, Mike, my, my, I don't know if it, it's religion so much as uh, my. My core belief about myself is I was put here on this earth to make an impact during the short time that I am here to help other people and to alleviate the human condition of suffering. And that suffering uh, may be material suffering, but it also may just be a loneliness or a need to feel wanted. And uh, my company, uh, Rockstar Connect, That is one of our core beliefs as a a company. It is our mission. Uh, We believe that connecting uh, people that believe in not only uh, success and entrepreneurship, but also working together as a cohesive group is of utmost importance and will enable everyone that participates to reach a higher level of awareness, uh, I certainly feel that working in these types of businesses, my entire career has given me a level of awareness that I would like to share uh, with other people uh, that are like-minded, that would like that same level of awareness.
1: Would you be able to talk to us about some of the other businesses that you've had and what you've learned from each of your lessons? I mean, we've talked, you said you used to work in elder care, and then just draw a series of Yeah, I mean, yeah, I, mean I
2: started off uh, in my working career. I first, you know, I started off uh, working as, a, as an educator in Israel. I was called uh, uh, a, a, a madri, which is like a, a student leader and helping students down their path. And I worked in Israel communally, fantastic. And it helped me work with other people that were different than myself. Uh, I was also uh, a geriatric social worker. Uh, that was one of my uh, early careers. And what I learned from that was uh, basically my purpose is to help people find what are their options, limit those options to the best options, and then help facilitate them in choosing the best options. And, and I've applied that both in, in sales but also in coaching and uh, speaking with people that are looking for direction. I find it's a skill that's very important. Uh, I had a, an, an interest in, uh, you know, the clergy, perhaps becoming a rabbi, and I studied uh, towards that end. Uh, but I had a lot of friends that were in the clergy, and they said, Stephen, you're not the type of person uh, that could have a boss, and if you're in the clergy, everyone is your boss. So I sought out uh, to create my own congregation. And uh, the first businesses I started were uh, bookstores, but they were community bookstores where people came and gathered and shared ideas. And I had fantastic employees that I paid well and uh, trained well and also took feedback from them to grow those businesses. Uh, then in uh, the real estate business, I applied what I learned uh, from retail, for example, the retail stores I owned. The customer is always right. Even when the customer is wrong, the customer is right. Provide excellent customer service. the same type of service that I enjoy myself. All of these things are applied to what I did in the future. I learned that by helping other people, by creating events, uh, and like art festivals and farmers markets and music series, all things I've done in my career. Uh, I was able to promote myself by promoting others. Here we are. We end up with uh, Rockstar Connect, which is growing all over the country.
1: And Rockstar Connect, in thriving, and doing several events. What do you, is it up to 60 different events nationwide right now that you're currently working on?
2: Currently, uh, we have uh, you know, 65 active events altogether. We have 85 in the hopper. By, you know, by the end of uh, November, we will have 85 active events per month uh, by the end of the year uh, 100, uh, with a goal to be having thousands of uh, Rockstar Connect hosts all over the country, hosting their own networking events, uh, where they're having an impact on their community, where they are becoming economic engines that are that are driving the creation of opportunity in their communities and producing millions of dollars of revenue all over the country uh, for their sphere of influence. And Rockstar Connect, our company, facilitates that. We book the, the venues for our clients. we do the marketing, we do their data management for them. we maintain their social media, uh, provide them with their supplies so that they can conserve their time. Like I said, you have to work smarter so our hosts can conserve their time to do the things that are more important, like connecting people in their community, developing relationships, developing business contacts, increasing uh, the profitability of their own businesses so that they're able to give back to the community, hire more employees themselves. It, it's a great circle here. It's that the whole concept of the sphere, where my goal is to con- connect thousands of uh, like-minded hosts to millions of attendees, uh, potentially all over the world.
1: Right. And Stephen, you've had this mentality, and you said beginning that since you were a kid that you've been pretty much the same. Has there any, are there any particular events that occurred in your life that modified or shaped? your perception on life and business and got you to where you are today? Is there any... Yes,
2: m- most definitely. Okay. Most definitely. Uh, working for other people uh, in, a, in a corporate setting or in a nonprofit setting, I recognized that I would not be able to achieve my goals in, in those type of structure, structures and environments. There's a lot of limitations. Uh, People are human. There's jealousy. Uh, When you work for a company, working very, very hard is not always rewarded. They say sometimes, have you ever heard this, Ryan? Look, slow down. You're going to make us all look bad.
0: Yeah,
1: absolutely. That's a lot.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Right. Slow down. You're going to make us all look bad. Well, I, I can't have that type of limitation. Because when I work hard, and I'm sure when you work hard, it's not to make other people look bad. It's, it's to make people, uh, it, it's, it's to make, to help people. Now, I remember I had a, a summer internship and it was at a bank and I was in the, the mailroom there, uh, for this internship at this bank and I went through their system. I saw the systems they were using. They had, like, six people doing a task that one person could do. It took them the entire day. And I took their systems, and I made it so I could complete it by noon. All the work that everybody was doing in that mailroom. Well, my supervisor came to me and said, hey, don't do that, because if you do that, we'll all be out of a job. And I said, this is not – I can't work in the structure. Therefore, I have to work for myself. I have to create my own system and a system that rewards people for success. I mean, another thing that that transformed me is I learned that you you can't take a, a, a round peg and put it in a square hole. We've heard that all the time. It's absolutely true. If you want to First of all, for yourself, you need to see what you're very good at and do that. And what you're not successful at doing, you need to find other people to do it. But it's the same thing with your employees. People will have an employee. They're terrible at something. And instead of finding what, out what they're good at, they keep on penalizing them for being bad at something they don't like doing. It's not the way to get the most production from someone and to allow them to be successful. Um, it, you know, I can't know everything. I don't understand why people do business that way. And
1: maybe, maybe you could add something to that. I don't know what people do things. I have to say, every day I'm, it's another journey to self-discovery. Um, and the mentality in business is want to maximize the amount of service I can provide for other people. And I also I think that the, I think that part of my business is, is the charity. I always like to, to do a lot of uh, things helping others. And actually when we first met, I thought that it was so fantastic that you made it a very big part of your of your business to lend the time to help others. Can you please talk about that lesson? Because I feel like that was something that you reinforced in my mind. It's been very helpful. And I love that you really do make an effort to bring value to others, even if they can't do anything for you. Um, so you were able to talk about the altruism aspect of your business.
2: Well, I, I think that altruism is very important. It, it's, part of, it's part of my nature. I get a lot of satisfaction from helping other people. In fact, I believe I gain more satisfaction than they gain value from my help even. Uh, also, when I'm mentoring someone and I'm speaking with them and they're learning new things and they're telling me what their problems are, or what their roadblocks are in their business or in their life, I'm doing problem-solving with them. I may never have encountered that problem myself, but maybe I will. So I certainly get value from that. Uh, Also, I think that uh, if you're going to be a good citizen, uh, whether that be of uh, your organization, your municipality, state, country, You have an obligation to give back and and help other people. And I always find advantage to doing that. I spoke with uh, a few people yesterday uh, regarding their business, uh, and they asked if they could record what I was saying. And I said, absolutely. I would love to hear that recording because there were some thoughts and ideas that I shared there that I had never had before. And I can take those ideas I shared with them and incorporate them into my paradigm and into my business so I can
1: grow as a person. And you're talking about that, is there anything else that happened as a child or when you're growing up that changed the way you perceive other people? I mean see, you know what I have to say, unfortunately in, in this world in this world that we're in they're good well. They're good people, but they're also bad people. There are people who just really want to take advantage of you. How did you learn to to decipher and pick up on things um, uh, dealing with people that, that they could be a negative? And the, are there any tips and advice you would offer to other people on on spotting? Um, I call them energy vampires quickly.
2: Well, I I, I will tell you this.
1: Um,
2: let's separate out evil people. That's a whole other evil. category. <laughs> Let's, se- let's separate the out evil people. They're different, you know, like Hitlers and, and – and, Yeah, no, you
1: know, yeah, well, Charles I mean, just, people were maybe just not, so, not, so, like friendly, not so friendly.
2: People. Uh, I happen to uh, – you know, I'm, I'm very empathetic. Uh, I try to understand where the other person is coming from. Uh, as a child, I, I was, you know, one of the smallest children at my school – uh, I was very much into reading and not athletics. And, and so, not, and I enjoyed the company of adults more than children. So, I experienced some bullying. But I understood that the person who that was doing the bullying, they were most likely bullied themselves, and most likely by their own family and, and by adults. So, I had a lot of empathy for them. And I would, I would interact with them. And my greatest satisfaction was getting an understanding of that person and turning them into a friend. Uh, the other part of the question you asked about it are, are energy vampires. I have a lot of energy, and when my energy is at its highest level, intellectually, a lot of people, it, it, it may feel like they may be vampires. Uh, the way I identify that person is someone that comes to me for advice, not just once, but maybe they come regularly, and they don't follow any of that advice. They don't have a plan. They don't put anything into action. Now, that doesn't mean they're bad people. I just don't think they're ready for the advice. And I would suggest to the people listening to this, if you have people like that in your life, take a time out for them, a break, and suggest to those people that they come back when they are actually ready uh, to do the work, not only in their business, their career, but also the work on themselves. Does that make sense?
1: Does make sense and sometimes I feel it like for people... for me
2: I, I, I I'm sorry I, I'm no. sorry to interrupt, I'm stepping on you. Go right ahead no, and wait, my... no,
1: wait. Go, ahead. go ahead.
2: What I was gonna say is for me, even with someone who our friendship may have ended. Uh, sometimes that's just abrupt. It's not with a fight, it's not with anything else. I don't have a lot of confrontation like that. I always leave the door open. For the relationship to be repaired. And there's a lot of advantages to that. Uh, I've had situations where there's people that uh, we had a less than perfect situation in business uh, together. We separated from one another, but then in the future or you know, a little bit later on, we got back together, and I allowed them to explain why they performed the way they did then I got an understanding of their situation. There could be external things happening to them, like a divorce or a bankruptcy or the loss of a loved one that impacts them greatly. And now once they've gotten past that and I've forgiven them, and I think forgiveness is a gift to me that when you forgive someone, that's very freeing. But when I forgive them and we clear the air, we can do really successful things together because now we know a lot more about one another and uh, how we can work together
1: and what would you say would be the hardest personal challenge you've ever had to overcome and when you're thinking about that hard personal challenge are you thankful that it happened did you learn something out of it that ultimately transformed your life for the better
2: well, I mean, that that's asking a lot, because some of those things are, can be very personal, but let, let me try to do it on, on broader terms. Sure. Uh, I, For me, if I come to a, a problem, first of all, I determine what that type of problem is. If the problem can be fixed with money, for example, it's not really a problem, because money, it comes and it goes. Uh But otherwise, if you have a big challenge in your life, find a solution to that challenge as quickly as possible. It may not be the ideal solution. It may not satisfy every part of what you consider a win in that situation, but it will let you get past that bad situation more quickly. For example, some people are going through a divorce. And they want to fight every aspect of that divorce, and their divorce may take years. In the meantime, they put themselves into complete financial destruction or their reputation has been ruined. My advice to them is, is to utilize their attorney, uh, to speak to their partner's attorney, and get that resolved quickly so you can move on and do what you need to do to move forward with your life. If there are people out there, that have had financial situations where they've had bankruptcy and they have a lot of embarrassment and a lot of guilt. This is the country of second chances and third chances and fourth chances and fifth chances. Go read the biographies of some of the great businessmen, thought leaders and influencers out there. They've all had great challenges. But for them, those challenges were experiential. They were able to take things that happen to them during those challenges, learn from them, and then apply that to their life so that they are a more capable and competent leader.
1: you read thousands of books. Yeah. Read, of all the books that you've read, are there any couple that you'd recommend to people that would either you think that could give them a lot of ideas to improve their life or improve their business sense? Well,
2: I'm... It, you know, and I was talking about this someone yesterday, there are a lot of people out there that don't recognize that they're in sales, but the majority of people out there with some exceptions are in some form of sales or another. The reason why they don't recognize they're in sales is they don't complete the sale. Uh, they don't know how to close. They know how to talk about something with passion, but they aren't able to get someone to commit or to purchase or to buy or to understand or agree. Uh, so, I for me a seminal any seminal works or anything by Zig Ziglar about closing a sale. I, for me he just speaks to me uh, the language I enjoy. Also uh Dale Carnegie uh it's the bible basically uh, of uh, successful business people and successful business people in general, uh how to win friends and influence people. Uh those are two uh very important uh books, in my mind, for someone who wants to be successful in business. Uh, Everything else is uh, commentary. Go out, buy those books, and learn it.
1: Last question I have Stephen David Elliott is, is there any particular mantra or phrase that you find yourself saying often that empowers yourself or kind of uh, adds fuel to your motivational fire as far as success goes?
2: Well, I mean, it's the the mantra of Rockstar Connect. You have to give in order to get. So uh, I think in in other organizations, they may say givers get. But that is my my mantra. Always be looking to see how you can help other people. Uh, It it sounds completely unselfish. It's actually the opposite. It's very selfish. uh, But it happens to be a case where you're acting in a selfish manner it helps other people, but also gives you tremendous satisfaction. So I, I would say, why don't I give you guys something to do today? Reach out after you listen to this show. Look through your your Facebook friends, your LinkedIn friends, your address book, and find someone that you haven't spoken to in a while, someone that you, you like and that you want to enrich their life. Call them up and say, hey, what's going on in your life? and maybe you can give them some advice on how to improve their lives. And guess what? They may offer the same back to you.
1: Mr. Stephen David Elliott, serial entrepreneur, chief visionary officer of Rockstar Connect. Great honor to have you with us today. Really enjoyed our conversation. Great advice. To learn more about Mr. Stephen David Elliott, you can go to his website at rockstarconnect.com. You can also find him on Facebook. We will share links to both. So Stephen David Elliot. Stephen David Elliot, thank you so much for being with us today.
2: Thank you for the opportunity, Ryan. I, I greatly
0: enjoyed it. Okay, everyone, that concludes today's edition of the Out of Limits of Intertooth Radio Show. Special thanks to our incredible guest, Mr. Stephen David Elliott, and special thanks as always to our virtues, Miss Carrie O'Connor, Miss Lisa Kaza, and Miss Constance Delas. To learn more about the Outer of Limits of Intertooth Radio show, please go to our website at OutLimitsRadio.com. Until the next time we meet, my friends, wishing upon you an abundance of peace, love, and beers. Take good care, and thank you so much for listening. Want to be heard or seen in front of millions of people? Want to be an expert on TV or radio? Goldman McCormick PR is a New York City-based public relations agency that specializes in traditional and social media placement for law, finance, media, and corporate-based clients. Goldman McCormick PR, also a specialist in website development, radio show creation, press conferences, media training, and so much more. Check out GoldmanMcCormick.com for more information. Goldmanmccormick.com.